Nobody knows how to dance like the disability community. Karaoke, all of that. It was, it was nuts. I know all the lyrics to NSYNC, Bye Bye Bye. And uh, yeah, anyways, it was, a lot, it was a lot of fun. So thank you, Chapel, for being a part of that and blessing our community. Um, with that, let, before we open God's Word, may I pray for us? God, thank you for now, this, uh, for this time to open your Word, which is written to us. Would you give us a heart for your Word and what you have written to us? Thank you. We are here to learn. In Jesus' name, amen. It was so cool uh, standing down front here last hour, this, uh, this, this hour, with couples who were dedicated to their children. I stood up front with Derek and Ellie and their kids, Cole and Clay. And, you know, the last time I stood up here with Derek and Ellie was when I performed their wedding. I don't know. How many years ago was that? I don't know. Five years ago. Yes, that was pretty cool. And, but, you know, doing that reminded me of when we stood in front of our church when we lived in Akron. And, we, and my wife and I dedicated our children. It makes me choke up when I think about it. And, you know, you're not just dedicating yourself. You're ded- dedicating your children. You're dedicating yourself, you know, to raise the ch- your children in the ways of the Lord. And um, now, I, 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 this is hard to believe, but this year, we already have one son who's married. This, this summer, our daughter and our son are both getting married this summer, which is so exciting and so expensive. <laughs> and so if you don't mind, uh, what I'd like to do is to... to we never do this, but just pass a collection plate <laughs> to, to support our family wedding. That would be awesome. Thank you for contributing. Uh, our, son's, our son, Matthew, he's getting married in Maine. He lives in Boston. And um, just a few weeks ago, my wife and I were sorting through a variety of things, and she found a journal she kept for Matthew when he was like, I don't know, Cole's age, I suppose, two, three, four years old. And uh, it just not every day, every week even, but just periodic observations of his life. And so just reading that, I could barely put it down. I got a glimpse of the storyline of his life during that part of his life. It was so cool. So what a cool thing for parents to do. And, 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 you know, now just watching how their story has developed over the years. You know, maybe you've done something like with the journal and you see the the, the development of that character in the story. Maybe it's not a journal. Maybe it's a, it's a book that you've been, you know, the development of the character is everything in a book. And it, you read a book and you just could not put it down. I talked to a friend who the other night, he was reading a book. It was so well done. He stayed up till 3 a.m. reading a book. I haven't seen 3 a.m. in a long time. Or maybe it's a movie. The development of the characters and the storyline just draws you in. I brought up with me my Bible. The, the Bible, in a sense, is God's journal entries. It's God's journal entries of his storyline, of God's story, of how he is bringing all of these created back to himself. And in these pages, you will find yourself and how important you are to him and his storyline. Now, let's move away from literature for a moment. Let's talk about something we can all relate to, food. What's your favorite food? What's your favorite place to eat? We, we just recently, last month, we, we wanted to meet some friends of ours from Akron halfway, and so we had to go to the Great Northern Mall anyway, and we found a little Italian restaurant, Annette, my wife and I, had been to some years ago, called Frankie's, Italian food, and oh my goodness, we sat there and we said, we are coming back here, that lasagna, those meatballs, 
Those noodles, it was just incredible. Frankie's. What's your favorite place to eat? What's your favorite food? Is it, is it steak? Is it seafood? Is it, you know, a good bratwurst? Is it pizza? All the, all the above. Thank you. Yeah, all the above. Yeah. I, I have in my hands the Bible. And the Bible is so clear that this is like God's nutrition for us. It's, it's food for the soul. That's what it says from beginning to end. It's food for the soul. That's how important it is. Right in the middle of the Bible, if you open up the middle of the Bible, you'll come to the book of Psalms. It's, it's a book of prayers. And, and in the book of Psalms is, is a Psalm 119 that just speaks over and over every verse about the importance and the value of God's word. And in Psalm 119, you'll read things like this. How I delight in your commands, how I love them. Or your instructions are more valuable to me than millions in gold and silver. How about that? Or how sweet your words taste to me. They are sweeter than honey. Over and over like that. Between today and Easter, we're going to begin a teaching series all out of Psalm 119. 19. We're calling it a light for my path. Now, in just a few moments, it'll become apparent why we called it a light for my path. Psalm 119. Now, let me just pause here and say, I get it. In a room this size, we're all at different points in our, in our exposure to the Bible. For some of us in the room, the Bible has been left untested, untried, untouched. I get it. That's okay. For some of us in the room, we've tried the Bible but now it kind of collects dust. Or maybe we have the Bible app, you know, but we much prefer going to Instagram, Facebook, or YouTube, or whatever it is, right? Or for some of us in the room, the Bible is very familiar, and yet now we maybe yawn a little bit at it. Or for some in the room, maybe we are voracious readers of the Bible. We're all over the point. Wherever you are in your journey with the Bible, our hope is that in this series, we will take another step in understanding how valuable and important the Bible is, how important it is for you, for your life. Now, we're going to look at a particular verse in Psalm 119, but let me just give you a little background to the psalm itself. Do you know it is the longest chapter in the Bible. In the Bible, there are 1,189 chapters. I just counted them this morning. I do that every morning just to make sure they're all still there. Psalm 119 is the granddaddy of them all. It's the longest one. And it's organized in a really interesting way that you would never pick up from your English Bible. So let me just give you a little background real briefly. If I bore you, I apologize. I'll bring you back in a few moments. They, the author uses what's called an alphabetic acrostic. In the Hebrew alphabet, there are 22 letters, right? Kind of like our A to Z, but there's 22 of these letters. And, and in this psalm, there's 176 verses. 176 divided by 22, eight. It's eight. So there are 22 sections of eight verses each. And each section is a successive letter in the Hebrew alphabet. So it's like you have A at the beginning, but here's what's interesting. Every word in that verse in the Hebrew begins with an A. And then 
This next section is, let's call it B. Every, word, every first word in those verses begin with B, and so on and so on. Now, why, why do that? Man, it seems complicated. Well, you know, in those days, a family would sit together, and they would memorize a whole psalm together. Hebrew believers were known to memorize Psalm 119 and organize it in such a way, help them with the memorization. But here's another reason. I think the author... I think the author wanted us to understand the value and importance of Scripture from A to Z in life. He wants us to know what Scripture has to say. Now, let me go, let me just, even before I show you that, let me go back. Matthew Henry, he was, uh, uh, lived a couple hundred years ago, wrote, wrote a lot of commentaries. He would, every morning, with his, with his family, his dad would lead a time at the breakfast table, and they would look at one verse in Psalm 119 together. One verse every day. They would read it. They would reflect on it. What does that mean for me today? One verse every day. 176 verses, right? And then they do it again. Now think about this. 352 days in a year, 352 Divided by two is 176. They did it twice every year. Why would they do that? Philip Henry, the father of Matthew Henry, said this, that will bring you to be in love with all the rest of the scriptures. And that's what our hope is. As, as we study, as we look at Psalm 119 together, we will together understand more and more the value and importance of all of scripture from the very beginning to the very end. Now, one more thing about how it's organized. When you read Psalm 119, it doesn't, it doesn't read like a narrative. It's, it's sort of like here and here and here. David Guzik, a, a modern-day commentary writer, he says this about Psalm 119. It was likely written over some period of time and later compiled because there is not a definite flow of thought from the beginning of the psalm to the end. It doesn't read like a story, in other words. The sections and the verses are not like a chain where one link is connected to the other, but like a string of pearls where each pearl has equal, has equal but independent value. And so in the weeks to come, next week, we're going to look at some of these pearls. For example, God's word is a light for the heart. And the next week, how God's word is a light to obey. And then a light for wisdom and then a light for rescue and revival. But today, we begin with this. God's word is a light for the journey. And the particular verse we're going to look at, just one verse today, is this. And maybe you've sung a song related to this verse. There are some out there. It goes, the word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. This is like the cornerstone, the theme verse for the entire series. In fact, what we're going to ask you to do, encourage you to do, challenge you to do, is simply memorize this. I'll give you a, a little tool at the very end on how to memorize this. But, you know, the, the, the mother of memory is repetition. So let's begin now. Let, let's read this together out loud. Can we do that on the screen? Let's just read it together out loud. Here we go. Let's read. Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. Let's do it again. Your word is a lamp to guide my feet 
and a light for my path. You're on the way to memorizing this verse. All right, now, let's try to break it down a little bit more. It says, your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. The Hebrew word used for word is dabar. Now, this is interesting. I think out of the 176 verses in this psalm, 171 of them have to do with the value and importance of Scripture. But the Hebrew writer doesn't always use the word dabar or word. He'll, he'll use words like this, trans, translated in English, law, word, judgments, testimonies, commandments, statutes, precepts. He is so creative in how he helps us understand, again, the value and importance of the Bible. Now, Let's go to the verse itself and try to understand a little bit more of what it means by your word is a lamp to my feet. When you see the word lamp there, what I'd like you to think of is a candle or think of a flashlight. Now, back in those days, there were no flashlights. It was a lamp or a candle. If somebody was going to walk a short distance or a long distance across a, a dark room or across a dark region, they would carry a lamp or a candle with them. Maybe you've watched a, a Western movie or a, a movie about an era long, long ago, before electricity, before flashlights, and they'd, they'd hold the lantern and say, who goes there, you know? And it was not intended to show everything. The lamp or candle was intended to show you what the next steps should be, what was immediately in front of you. Um, when our kids were younger, we went camping everywhere. We loved camping. We, we tent camped everywhere. Until the summer, my wife was seven months pregnant, and she leaned over and she said, we will never do this again. <laughs> and so then we went with some, in with some friends and purchased a used pop-up camper, and that solved everything. That was great. But every, every, every camping trip, I made sure I had a really good flashlight. On those camping trips, we love taking night hikes, you know, out to call the barred owls. If you don't know how to call a barred owl, I'll show you later on. Or we go to look at the night sky and, and the stars. And of course, you didn't use a flashlight because, um, you know, you wanted your night vision, the pupils to dilate. You could see okay. But sometimes there was a trail with a lot of roots or maybe low-hanging branches or maybe holes here and there. And so you needed a flashlight. Why did you need a flashlight? So you could take a next step safely and be secure. You didn't need to see everything. You just needed to see what was right in front of you. The psalmist says, your word is a lamp. It's like a flashlight to guide my feet. Can't see everything, but just enough for now. Now, interestingly, here at the chapel, and I quoted this for you earlier, our mission statement here is, we exist to help people move one step closer to God and each other through Christ. That's our heart. That's why we exist as a church. We exist to help you take another step in your life in a way that is in alignment with God's will for your life, right? And, and, and we believe that God's word plays a huge part and taking that next step. In fact, we have one mission statement. We have five values. You know what our first value is? We depend on God and his word. 
I'm hiking out on a trail. I need a flashlight so I can avoid those mud holes and potholes. <laughs> and going through life, I need God's word, which is a lamp for my feet to help me avoid those potholes and mud holes of life that are financially related, relationally related, emotionally related, physically related. In all ways, God's Word can help us take that next step. I was in a conversation with someone recently, and we were, we were talking about decision-making. And how do you make a good, wise decision? And it occurred to, to us both, you know. The, 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 you can look through every page of the Bible, and it will not tell you the name of the person you should marry. It won't tell you if you should buy this house or that house. It won't, it won't tell you if you should buy a house. It won't tell you where to move. It won't tell you what job to take. But it will give you wisdom to make good, solid decisions that honor God. Principles from God's Word. From Genesis through Revelation, it's filled. <laughs> I... I I, I think it boils down to this. As we try to honor God with our lives, we, we seek the counsel of friends and family who know us best. They can give us wisdom. And we pray. But we also look to God's word, which has so much to say about making good next step decisions. So let me ask you this question, personal question. Where in your life right now do you see the need do you need the light of God's word to guide your next steps? And it could be different for all of us. It might be related to your family, to your kids, to your grandkids, to your finances, to maybe being stuck and being afraid and, and doubtful about moving forward. What is that? So what I'd like to do right now, just in a rather pastoral moment, is to pray for you. So would you allow me to pray for you? Let's bow our heads together. And God, I, I come before you on behalf of all of our friends in this room. We are all at different points in our journeys, all at different points in, in uh, understanding where we should go next. Please give wisdom. And if there are principles in your word that apply to our next decision, make, those, make us aware of those also. Thank you. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Keep praying. Keep praying. Now, the psalmist goes on and says, your word is a lamp to, to guide my feet, and it's a light for my path. Now, when you read the word light here, don't think in terms of lamp or candle or flashlight. Rather, think in terms of a bright, clear day, the, the brilliance of lightning, the, the morning sun. It is bright. It is, you can see everything now. It's not just about next steps. Now it's about seeing everything. It's, it's about making sure that you are in the, the right place, on the right path, going the right way. Before I got married, and we did a little, of this, a little, a little bit of this when we, when we got married, but beforehand I did a lot of backpacking, you know, putting the 40-pound uh, pack on your back and hiking. And I did, I did a portion of the Appalachian Trail, not the whole thing, of course, but a small portion. I remember, I remember backpacking from New Hampshire up into Maine. And uh, there's this one section called the Mahusik Notch. Maybe you've been there. And there, there, there's a portion of the trail where the boulders are the size of Mack trucks. 
And, and it's so critical that all along the Appalachian Trail, you keep your eye out for these markers right here. Now, the, the, the AT marker isn't found very often, but the white marker is ubiquitous. You've got to keep your eye out for that. But when you're in the Mahusik Notch, it's just hard to find. And there was a time when we got lost. We got so lost. And I, you, know, you start to panic. You get concerned. But then because of the daylight... Because of our map, we were able to eventually find our way back to that white marker, which put us back in the right place, on the right path, headed the right way. So critical. That's what, that's what daylight does for us. It, it, it helps us to see everything the way, the way we should. So, it's a light for my path. What path are you on? Let's, let's, uh, let's, let's bring Jesus into this. I'm going to read these words to you in just a moment, but let me, let me just give you a little background. This is from the Sermon on the Mount. This is the first recorded message of Jesus. And the, 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 the Sermon on the Mount is all about how do, how do we, how do we, live God's way here on earth now? How do we live out God's kingdom values here and now? That's what the Sermon of the Mount is about. And then Jesus, near the end of his message, says these words. Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road or the path that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road or path that leads to life, and only a few find it. Now, often when we read these words, we think in terms of eternity. And of course, it's true. Heaven is a place where God is, and hell is a place where God is not. But Jesus is very much here talking about how we live our lives now. Don't we all know that it's possible to live a hell here on earth now? And I'm speaking about a kind of life that, that is void of God. I don't need God. I don't want God. I yawn at God, and I've never acknowledged Jesus as my Savior. That's how many people choose. And Jesus could not be clearer that there is, that it's possible to live your life on the path of destruction altogether. Altogether. And he doesn't want that for us. The, uh, um, the, the word that we used for, the, the, the Hebrew word that's translated word, <laughs> dabar. Let's, let's do a little game with this for a moment. Dabar. Let's, let's, this is the way it's meant, but dabar. Let's say the bar. Remember, my wife and I, when we moved to Chicago, it was the year the Chicago Bears won the Super Bowl. They weren't the Bears. They were the Bears, right? So here we're talking about dabar. We're talking about the bar, the bar that God sets for all of us, the path we should live on. Um, D.L. Moody, the, the founder of Moody Bible Institute, calls the Bible the straight stick of truth, the, the bar by which we measure everything. Some of you are in construction or you've built a house or built something where you needed a plumb line. I've never used a plumb line in my life, but I know what one is. 
the Bible is, is, is God's word. It's, it just it doesn't contain God's word. It, it is God's word. We believe it is inerrant. We believe it is infallible. We believe it shows us the path to beyond, the path that is right and the path that is wrong, the, the path that is true, the path that is false. It shows us how to be in the right place, on the right path, headed the right way. And ultimately, we believe that the word, the bar, is set in the person of Jesus. He is our standard. He is our path. And maybe you know this, that John, one of the apostles, when he wrote his gospel, he begins with explaining who Jesus is. This is what he says. In the beginning, the word, who is Jesus, already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through Him, and nothing was created except through Him. The Word, Jesus, gave life to everything that was created, and His life brought life to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. Jesus is the light. He is the one who can put us in the right place, on the right path, headed the right way. John goes on to write this some chapters later, quoting Jesus, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. You'll be on the right path, headed the right way. So let me ask you a personal question as we come to a close. Do you know for sure you are on the right path? That is, where do you stand with Jesus? Who is the Word? Who is a lamp for our feet and a light for our path? I was age 20. I was age 20. I was a student at Miami University. Just my sophomore year, that's the only year I was there. They kicked me out. I was there just one year, but at age 20, after, gro- after growing up in church, somebody explained to me how I could have a relationship with God through Jesus and that Jesus died on the cross for my sins, rose again, and one day is coming again. Am I ready? And at that point, at age 20, I surrendered my life to Jesus and I became a follower. Now, that was at Miami University. Fast forward 30 years. I was the football or the chaplain for the Kent State University football team. And I would travel with the team periodically. And this one game we were playing Miami University and the buses rolled into Miami University. I had not been there for 30 some years since I gave my life to Christ. First thing I wanted to do was to go find my dorm. And I'll tell you why in just a moment. I went and found my, I ran across campus to Scott Hall went up to the second floor. I wanted to see my old room. All of the doors in the hallway were closed except for one. It was my room. And I went down the hallway and I looked inside. There was a young man sitting inside there and I knocked on the door and I said, excuse me, I apologize, but I, could I just, could I see your room for a minute? I, I used to live in this room many years ago and he was so polite and so kind and I looked around and, and I said to him, you know, I want to tell you about what happened in this room. 
And he looked at me like, I don't know if I really want to know. <laughs> but, I, but I said, you know, the desk used to be right here. I remember this like it was yesterday. The desk used to be right here. And I remember for the first time in my life, I opened the Bible and I read it for myself. Even though I, I grew up in church, I, I didn't know what was in the Bible, but I read it for the first time there. And it's like, it's like truth just jumped off the pages at me. Now, there was, there was plenty I did not understand, and there's plenty today in the Bible I don't understand. But there was enough there for me to understand. My biggest concern when I first became a Christian was, will I make it? I love the fact that I have a right relationship with God, but will I be able to walk with Jesus? And what I found over the years, how true this is. Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. And no matter where you are in your journey, there's a next step for you. So let me give you some ideas for next, some next steps. Number one, join us in memorizing 119.105. Memorization, right? What is it? Repetition is the mother of memory. We could all sing the birthday song. We can all say the Lord's Prayer, maybe. Uh, we could do the Pledge of Allegiance because we've said it so many times over the years. This is a, this is a walk in the park, right? But to help you out, just go to that app right there, to that, uh, what do you call that, a scan code, code scan? Go there. It's in your, it's in your worship program, and I did it. I did it myself. I'm so high tech. And uh, so now it's on my phone, and I just encourage you to do the same, right? And so in the next five weeks, memorize that verse. Here, here's another idea for you. Join us in a 40-day reading plan through Psalm 119. It's 176 verses, but we have a plan for you on the Dwell app. That's our gift to you. The Dwell app is yours. If you just follow that, that code, you can get the Dwell app on your phone and then, we'll, and then read through Psalm 119. And here's, a, here's another way. Ask God to increase your appetite for his word. Look, I, I, I don't... Asking God for things, you know, Scripture says, Jesus says, ask and you shall receive. Seek and, seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. Right? That sounds like you can ask for anything. So I'm going to ask God for a new boat. Actually, I don't even, I don't even have a boat. So just, just a boat. No, I don't know. But I do know this, that when God speaks, when, 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 when Jesus speaks of asking for anything and receiving it, he's talking about character. And this, reading Scripture, is related. Ask God to give you a heart. And if you don't want to read the Bible, here's a good prayer for you. Lord, help me to want to want to read your word. Because it's a lamp for my feet and a light for my path. So there's our verse. I'm going to add, would you mind, let's close and just stand with me and allow me to pray with you and for you. Let's say it together just for fun out loud. Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. And now, God, I'm gathered here together with my friends, and we pray that you would give us a heart to know your word. Please, first of all, help us to be on the right path following Jesus. 
And then give us wisdom to take the right next steps. Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Have a great weekend.